Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast, cracking open the coconut of conversation and pouring out the humour milk from within. Hello, James. Hello, Ed Gamble. My name is James Acaster. Together, we own a dream restaurant. We invite a guest in every single week and we ask them their favourite ever start a main course, dessert, side dish and drink. Not in that order. And this week, our guest is... Yotam Otolenghi. Yotam Otolenghi, a wonderful chef. And superstar chef. Gen- general chef and food superstar, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's got so many... Uh, I mean, there, there are people who are massive Otolenghi fans who will be very excited about this episode. People really fascinated with... Uh, well, I guess how he comes up with recipes. Yeah. Like, um, he, his restaurants are amazing as well. I'm sure a lot of people want to hear about his that. His books. Yeah. I read them like, I read them like books, James. Yeah. Like actual books. Like, like a novel. Like a novel. Oh, my God. The guy's fantastic. Speaking of which, he's got a new book out. He's got a new book out, of course. The Otolenghi Test Kitchen, Extra Good Things. It's the second in the series of the Otolenghi Test Kitchen books. Uh, this is really interesting. I've had a look yeah. through it. It's incredible recipes, like always, but then they've all got like a condiment or a little extra twist mm-hmm. that you can then take and use on other things. This is great because that gets you properly thinking like a chef, right? Gets you thinking like a chef, like there's some like sprinkle stuff that you do, like an everything seasoning on one of the dishes. Yeah. Then you can take that and put it on eggs. Great. Yeah? I've actually got some everything seasoning in the cupboard. Right. I don't know what to put it on. That's, I don't think the point of the book is going, you don't need to cook anything, you've got it in your cupboard. Huh? I think he means you've got to do your own in the book. Well, I'll still load, like tips on what to put the one that I've got on. You can put them on eggs. What, what put the, on? Is it the one from Hale and Moan? Yes. Yeah, but I put it on some fried eggs. It's fucking delicious. Great. I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ed. But you should absolutely go and get Otolenghi's new book. It's the Otolenghi Test Kitchen. So it's it's Yotam himself and Noor Morad and the rest of the Test, test Kitchen super team. And wow. I mean, look... It, Smoky sweet nuts spooned onto oven fries, then used mm. to top hummus the next day. It's 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 all great, sort of adaptable, flexible stuff. And we'll definitely be asking Yotam more about the book in the episode as well. But here's the thing. 
he better get that promo in pretty early because if he says the secret ingredient, an ingredient which we deem to be unacceptable, we will throw Yota Motolenghi out of the dream restaurant. And this week, the secret ingredient is... Mild, mild cheddar. cheddar. What is the point? I want to taste it. If I'm Look, people know, people have seen me flip my lid about cheese on here, but that doesn't mean that I prefer mild cheeses yeah. to strong cheeses. I actually no, prefer sir. the strong ones. You've got, to, you've got to feel it. Yeah, what's the point of eating cheese yeah. if you can't even taste it? Then it's just the texture and that's it. It's not like the texture of cheddar is the best thing about it, is it? Come, Come on. on, cheese. Don't peck me on the cheek. Pull my trousers down and put your finger up my butt. Yes, please. That's all you want. Put your cheesy finger up my... Well, I, I was going to say cheesy bee, but like... <laughs> I don't think my bee's that cheesy. No. The B's not cheesy. The F is cheesy. Yes. Yeah. Finger. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to look confused and also devastated by that so, entire riff. Also, if Yota Matalangi does choose mild cheddar, I guess we will have to say, oh, what? You don't want a cheesy finger up your B? Yeah. What's You're telling me, Yota Matalangi, that you don't want a cheesy F up your cheesy B? Yeah. What, what, is, what is your problem? See you later. So we will be Yotam forced... becomes Gotam. Yeah. Get out of here. We will be forced to say that to him. Yeah. And I don't want to. No. But if he chooses mild cheddar. More like Nottolenghi. That's good. Gotam Nottolenghi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so hope we... he does pick mild cheddar now. Yeah. And we will have to say that. And Gareth Edwards picked mild cheddar. And I completely agree with you, Gareth Edwards. I think Gareth Edwards has chose ingredients in the past. Yeah. Um, it's just that, you know, we haven't turned his name into a chant or anything because it's, it's quite a normal name. It's quite a normal name. Gareth Edwards. Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Cheers, Gareth. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice name, though. Yeah, lovely name. World record breaker, Gareth Edwards, triple jump. That's Jonathan Edwards. Oh, yeah. Gareth Edwards is a rugby player, isn't he? Oh, oh maybe, no, I'm maybe, thinking of another one. Maybe, another uh, guy. maybe broke a record or two, the rugby player. So, without further ado, this is the off menu menu of Yotam Otolenghi. Welcome, Yotam, to the Dream Restaurant. Nice to be here. <laughs> Welcome, Yotam Otolenghi, to the Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time. Here we are. Oh, I just had lunch and my mouth doesn't work. <laughs> what, what did you have? Uh, I ha- have you heard of Farmer Jay Finsbury? No. Well, uh, so got some farmer grains, uh, some chicken, and some. Uh, there's a little uh, hispy cabbage and miso aubergine side that they do in a chickpea salad. So I had that. In a so little all, tray. all the nutrients you need. Yeah, exactly. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Miso, aubergine. Yeah. You know. Chickpeas, you said? Yeah, yeah. Chickpeas look in a so little. What else do you need? With some it peppers and some tomatoes in there. Sounds delicious. It's yeah, I'd have that. We went, light, we went light and healthy for lunch. Yes. On these long record days, if we go crazy at lunch, then you can always tell them the episode. Yeah, no, actually, I, when, I was telling you about the, the tour that I'm doing with Noor and. Um, and one of the stops, I can't remember where it was, I thought I said, I'm going to, we, we were going to have, we had this big ramen bowl. And I just like it wasn't the same. <laughs> it was just not the same. It's just really, if you eat something, you just it just kind of just brings the energy down. Or oh, something. it massively so, yeah. does. And yeah, and when you're touring around, you want to try places. You want to try new places, but it's so yeah. hard. That it's you hard to try. It's hard because you arrive, you're there, like you do your sound check and all that. You do the thing, and then it's like ten thirty or eleven. Yeah. And who wants to eat then, right? Like, yeah. I have this thing. I was I did a tour in America recently, and I just went. It's what I, I had a different interviewer in every city. And I just asked them where to eat at breakfast. So I kind oh, of changed good. it before I left. So I'd show up like at nine o'clock in the morning in some obscure taco place. And they go like, 
we hear they haven't they're just they're scratching their eyes and getting the place ready and here i come like ready because it says they open at 9 30 although nobody does that's a good thing to do in america though particularly the breakfast you know that you're going to get some good stuff. Yeah, and also a lot of, like, places where they've got, like, a communities, particular communities, like, you know, like, uh, all the South American and Mexican and all that, They often those places do a great breakfast. Yeah. And, mm. uh, and that's where you kind of want to try, so I managed to In the to UK, you're playing with fire breakfast-wise because, you know, yeah. you're going to rock up for the best breakfast. It's going to be one of those ones on a huge platter <laughs> where it's been on the front page of the Daily Mail for having, uh, having 800,000 calories in it. Yeah, probably. I find that... The more that someone boasts uh, about how good their full English is, the worse the full English is. Really? It's just yeah. about the size, right? Yeah, if, if, they, if they go, oh, you must have heard about... Like, they get a and b or something and they're like, our breakfast here, our full English breakfast is the best. <laughs> it's going to be horrendous. I mean, how... how- I mean, unless you make your own, the beans always come from a can. No, yeah. that's just like yeah. how good can it get? I mean, unless you go like proper, like you know, like you cook your own beans and do your own sourdough. Yeah. but that's not an English breakfast anymore, is no, it? No, exactly. Then, so then you're talking like, like posh brunch but, but, places. Yeah, that's yeah. pretentious. So I mean, there's a limit to how good it could get. Yeah. I'm going to get cancelled for this. I'll come down with you because I agree. I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting cancelled for saying your career's alright. <laughs> you're saying like light and healthy that's what i would associate with a lot of your restaurants and like whenever i like want something that makes me feel like i've just eaten a nice healthy meal but delicious i go to a lot of your places was that like one of your the things you set out to do when you started um opening restaurants no uh i, I... <laughs> great question Joe. Uh... Good question. <laughs> question uh no i guess the the thing is i mean i don't think i didn't set up to do set out to do anything in a sense things just happen in a particular way but then when you look back it all makes sense i mean people eat more vegetables now right like they they want to eat more vegetables they feel like it's the right thing to do for them for the environment for a whole lot of reasons but for me I, and like when sammy and i started to linger and this is our we're celebrating 20 years this year oh, so wow. we started in 2002 thank you it was just all about what we wanted. We knew looked great, tasted great, uh, kept well on the on the on the display. You mm-hmm. know, like all these things that look good. So it was a little bit opportunistic, but also what we ended we we loved cooking and eating back home in Jerusalem when we were growing up. It's a very vegetable focused kind of environment, so it made a lot of sense. Mm. You're both nodding at me like. <laughs> no, 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 I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm, I'm just thinking about. So, Rovi's one of my favorite restaurants. Just full stop. I love going there. Thank uh, you. Whenever I can. And I was just thinking about the chewy carrots. As you, uh, uh, oh, the so, chewy carrots. Yeah. I how much I love the chewy carrots. <laughs> <laughs> but you said, I was like, oh yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> this makes sense because the chewy carrots are great. Yeah, uh, it's like the essence of carrots, isn't it? Because yeah. you know they're cooked for a long time and. I think what I try to do, and in, even subconsciously, is like try to really hone in on what makes that vegetable kind of come to life, whether it's mm-hmm. a carrot or a cauliflower, or even like things like Sweden turnip, you know, like they're hard nut- nuts to crack, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and when you kind of slow cook things, obviously they kind of, you distill the flavor. But also they are on the opposite, it's also true, I guess, if you kind of quickly char grill and you leave everything inside and then you, you come in with all your yeah. uh, tr- little tricks, you know, your, your salsas and the marinades and the sprinkles and all that, that also makes a huge difference. And that's, that sort of forms the heart of the, the new book, right, as well, is the little tricks. Yeah, um, extra good things, which comes to the Altalengi Test Kitchen. And it's it is about like wonderful condiments that you can add. Well, actually, no, you extract them from cooking rather than so. Each recipe is a standalone, 
but it also has something a takeaway. So you could have like a, a marinade or a sauce or a pickle or or sprinkle, and that you take it with you to your next meal. So if, essentially, you can. We say Noor uh, Murad, who is my co-author, we say well, you can autolengify anything. <laughs> you can, you can autolengify a roast potato. You can autolengify a plate of scrambled eggs by using all these condiments. So mm. that is kind of it, and it's it kind of. I guess it came a little bit from lockdown where we were all like struggling to cook all the time. Yeah. And then the condiments became like kings of the fridge in the kitchen. <laughs> you get like you get like those pickles and, uh, you know, chili sauces and chili oils and, and things. So essentially you didn't need to cook a whole meal to get all that flavor. In. That's in a nutshell. Have you always had a good instinct for what? Because um, I always think uh, I might have some sauces or some things left over from other dishes I've had. And then I get a real bright idea that I'm going to put it with the thing I've just made. And because I don't have very good instincts, there's pretty much always a bad combination. And I haven't really <laughs> Tell us about a few of them. Yeah, I'm going to need. I'm going to need an example of this. Well, I just so what was a good example of stuff? A lot of the time, it's um, if I get a, a takeaway, mm. and I might like serve myself up whatever from the from the pot. And I'll leave a lot of the sauce in there, maybe from the if I got all the chunks of chicken and yeah. some sauce there. But then I've left behind the curry sauce. And then the next day, I'm like, oh, I've got this, uh, you know, this other thing I'm making. <laughs> I'm going to sort of chuck that curry sauce in yeah, the bolognese. That's mad, that's mad. Let's see how that. Let's see what that's like. Real bad. Yeah, I think enough said, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think what I don't think that's in in the book. I'm fairly sure, having had a, a very quick look, very excited to cook from it. But it's not. You're not cooking a curry mm. and then going strain the sauce out and pour it all over your pudding or whatever it's not which is maybe well, you know so curry, actually that's very important <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, uh, i was immediately drawn to the the blooming leeks the blooming leeks yeah because i love i love blooming onion every yeah. time i go to the states i have a blooming onion but blooming and leeks the blooming fantastic. onion just sort of technically nor was working on it for a while and it just didn't work and mm. then um i said to her well why don't you do the leaks they ended up looking like octopus you know like yeah, yeah. They, they spread out like like that and then uh, with a batter you fry them and they, they t- taste absolutely delicious amazing. um no i mean so i guess the sauces or the takeouts are some things that so we we kind of spent quite a lot of time thinking what goes with what so we go like there's this i'm actually looking through the book so there's these sections at the beginning like with eggs, we've got fridge chili sauce, hot sauce, um, cortado, and you know, calbi butter, duca, and all those things. So there's a whole list of condiments that you can put on your egg. So essentially, once you've cooked the dish and you've got that that little jar on the side, you can go to the those opening pages and decide what you want to use it for. It's such a clever concept that I've not seen before. It's, I think it's like, and it's rare to find a cookbook that's like a new. An actual new concept. I, I think we didn't really have a concept uh, in the sense that we were looking for a long time to tell the story of the Ottolengitis kitchen, which we love being, spending time in, and all the dynamics of what's going on there and the skills that we're developing. And and then the pandemic hit, and we realized actually that's the that's what we that's the solution because all of a sudden it was about you know for the first test kitchen book was called Shelf Love, and it was about using up ingredients that you happen to have in your cupboards, you know barley and chickpeas and polenta and all that stuff that just sits there and you never touch it till you go and buy yourself a fillet of cod or something yeah. <laughs> and um and this book is all about the condiments how do you can create huge flavors for cooking that it, as i said save you from cooking from scratch every single day which yeah. is kind of a nightmare isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> three, three times a day 
But that with that ingredient thing as well, like it's whenever I'll be like, I'm going to cook something, and then it might be polenta in the dish or mm. a spice that I don't have. I'll be like, right, I'm going to go and do a big shop and buy all of these things. And now I just know I'm just like, right, I'm going to use that. I'm going to put that up there. I'm never using that again. Yeah, yeah. So bye bye <laughs> forever. See you at the back of the car. Until I move house. Yeah. <laughs> and then weirdly, I'm going to make the decision to take you with me again. <laughs> <laughs> even though it's expired already like yeah. three months ago yeah, I mean yeah. like it's, yeah. there's no reason to <laughs> I, need, I need a recipe that involves a lot of uh, soy sauce yeah uh, because like every time I get a takeaway uh, sushi which I, I do quite a bit actually there's not a box you can tick on delivery that says please don't please send don't another, say well, another, first, another pot of first soy of all sauce. I think you should bring it up with delivery room because there's, yeah. I do agree there's too much soy yeah. sauce sometimes with yeah. all this like every sushi delivery gets like and you do get stuck with quite a lot well also I but I worry that that's because I order so much sushi they assume there's maybe 10 to 12 people there and you're having like a sushi party because they also send like eight pairs of chopsticks and you're like no that was yeah. for me unfortunately they assume Ed runs a sushi restaurant yeah. <laughs> I, run a, I run a sushi restaurant that makes ter- no profit whatsoever because I just order it from another sushi restaurant uh, so I think there's a, actually a solution to your all your little sushis oh, yeah. uh, all your little soy sauce bottles and that is that you can almost throw it into almost anything that needs long, any stew or any, mm-hmm. even if you make like a pasta sauce, a meaty pasta sauce, like a yeah. ragu style, you put some soy sauce in that and you get all that umami and you got, you didn't throw it away. And oh, I think great. it's really, it's a really kind of, it's so basic, you know, mm-hmm. people use, sometimes they use stock cubes, right, to get all this kind of MSG flavor, umami. Soy does the same. Yeah. Then you just throw it in there, and you'll uh, you'll get the flavor. Great. Oh, amazing. Well, that's what I'll do. There you go. Yeah. I'll do that. Problem solved. Back. Yeah, yeah. This is great. I can't wait to do that. Also, cause, just because you were talking about leeks earlier, the leeks uh, uh, Rovi with the pecorino. Oh yeah. Are one of my favorite things. Last time I went there, wasn't on the menu. menu. So if you could have a word. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is something about changing menus, like. Lo- chefs love to change menus and, yeah, of and, course, and yeah. customers don't like changing <laughs> yeah, yeah, menus yeah. like yeah. where the wills collide like yeah. I go to the chefs uh, in my restaurants and we have these conversations often about menus so they go like oh this was on the menu for like three weeks already it's so boring and I said like who goes into one restaurant more than twice in three weeks like you yeah. know what are the chances that someone will sure. will try that again and and in reality it is a bit of an issue because I think sometimes things that are, should be should stay longer and are kind of a classic in a in a customer's eye is not really for the chefs the chef want to kind of push again and in, in my restaurant um in our restaurant i should say the chefs have like creative freedom to do those things i mean rovi neil does an amazing job and he loves to change the menu on this all the time and we had that like when we just opened rovi which was um five years ago we had these corn ribs on the menu you know what yeah. they are right like so it's like yeah just for the for the audience for the yeah. listeners uh, you take a whole corn cob and you cut it uh, in the in lengthways through the core one, twice, so you get like quartered but lengthways. And then when you deep fry them, they kind of bend and they turn into what looks like a rib. And we put it on our menu when we just started. It had like a, some kind of seaweed butter. It was and um, neither Neil or I invented it. I saw it and from Momofuku, they were doing it in New York at the time. And David Chang, not him, but one of his chefs. So I just said like, you know, let's do it. And it became a huge hit. And then um, later on in the year, it was like October and the corn was not that nice anymore. So we took it off the menu. 
And people just call to cancel their reservations. <laughs> they go like, we heard the corn is not on. So, okay, so I'm going to cancel. So my wow. booking, my God, like, wow. this is mad. Like, you, you're yeah. you're literally not going to give us a chance. Just you <laughs> yeah, don't have the corn yeah. We the don't menu. believe you could do it again <laughs> yeah. with, with, with a different dish. And now the corn ribs are everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Big. I, was, yeah. I was making those all the way through lockdown at home. Yeah. Cool. I was just chopping up corn. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, was, I was burning myself all the time. Sure. All the, all, all the oil spitting all over. <laughs> Maybe it was worth it every time. <laughs> but um, seriously, the, it has become phenomenally popular within a very short amount of time to the extent that I've seen it on Sainsbury's ads. Oh, yes. Yeah. Big yes. stations, you know, they've taken that. They always follow yeah. the trend and put the things on. Like, you know, you, you, you kind of, something has become completely commonplace once Sainsbury's has put it on one of these big yeah. ads in train stations. And they look beautiful as well. I they think do look right. great. Yeah. They look great. Would you say the celeriac shawarma is, is, is one of those dishes now at Rovi? If you took that off, people would... Yeah, celeriac shawarma is definitely something that we can't take off. There, and also, that we've got like the Jerusalem mixed grill. And, and I remember when we did the celeriac shawarma, we wanted to do that when Neil, uh, Neil was working in the test kitchen, working on the menu. And we thought like we need a, you know, it's a vegetable, really. It's a kind of a vegetable restaurant or at least mostly vegetables. And we want to get that kind of these kind of intense flavors of of the shawarma. So each person kind of added something. We slowed, we cooked it slowly. We added the spices and the kind of the killer ingredient was something called bakela, which is a North African Tunisian, mostly a condiment, which involves um, spinach or chard cooked for a very, very long time in olive oil. Like I'm talking like hours until it becomes black and it becomes kind of like the essence of spinach. Wow. And it's traditional. They used to have that like in jars on the side of the cooker, like that would be the condiment of choice. Mm-hmm. And when we added that to the sour cream and the chili um, sauce, etc., it just kind of turned everything around. We had like all the components that we needed. And I'm just mentioning that because it's just this whole notion that goes back to extra good things i'm not doing it to sell the book but uh, i'm just saying cultures have a condiment you know like we have mayonnaise and ketchup that we have buy from hellman's but actually they used to have like homemade condiments that were yeah. always there even before refrigeration like that's like what sauerkraut is all about or kimchi and that is the flavor of the culture you know that's the thing that they put yeah. in and it's like always there it keeps and it's like it's so flavorsome we always start with still or sparkling water. Oh, I always have sparkling water. I can't, I, can't, I almost can't drink still water. I do. Really? But I love sparkling water. I get it from my dad. Like in the old days, so I'm in my 50s, so you can imagine how far we go. He used to have that, that siphon thing, like, you know, like with... Uh, that like makes, with a little tap on a, it? Or? Yeah, with a little bottle. You, you get these tiny little metal uh, siphon uh, bottles of gas and you'd put them on and then you... Oh, like, okay. You yeah, have yeah. like for whipped right. cream. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we had that at home, and my, my dad as well, and I'm the same. Like, he would only drink sparkling water. He would rather, like, go to the desert, no water, parch, but he'd have sparkling water. It was just his thing. And here, you, here I go, get still water yeah, from you guys. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't now. even offer How's it in feel? real life in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> so even first thing in the morning? Uh, I don't drink first thing in the morning, but I do love uh, sparkling water. Yeah, yeah, that's like just the thing. It just feels alive. I know some people say, even on the, your show, people said, oh, it's got this kind of uh, not a water flavor, right? Like it doesn't taste like pure yeah. water. I I don't have that problem. I just I just like to drink sparkling water. What does still water taste like to you? It's like um, 
It's like, you know, before you get your first electric toothbrush and then you get your, and then you have to go back to manual toothbrush <laughs> and it just doesn't do the thing. That then like, yeah. 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 That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's so what funny. It feels like. Particularly potent for me because I, I went away for the weekend and I didn't take my electric, so I had to oh, buy a man. manual. How was that? Well, it was like it was like I was going back to still water. Well, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? You just feel like you just haven't even cleaned your teeth. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah, the point in like, this? You, so, so why doesn't my hand <laughs> vibrate up and down? And yet, my, and yet my mouth is bleeding. It doesn't do the thing, does it? No, it just doesn't do you, it. You need the thing, and I like that the, the electric toothbrush tells me when to move on to the next yeah. bit. When it goes, yeah, 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 yeah. time to move on. That's good. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, then that that makes sense now. Maybe now that's it. I'm just going to have sparkling water forever. I'll just, yeah. I'll just. Well, you had a similar thing with Coke, of course. I did have a similar thing with Coke. What was it? Well, I, I used to drink, you know, Coca-Cola and whatnot, and then uh, I, I quit caffeine completely. And for five years, just didn't drink anything with any caffeine in it at all. And then after those five years, I started drinking Diet Coke. And actually now, because it, it's been so long since I've had a normal full-fat Coke, Diet Coke just tastes like full-fat Coca-Cola. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Good story. That's yeah. a good, it's another good story for me. <laughs> it's a pretty good story for me. <laughs> yeah. Just, and, and, you did need to take a long break, though. No, yeah, those, yeah. Were, those were hard times, weren't, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, I, I think if I was taking that break, knowing that what I was trying to achieve was to make Diet Coke taste like Coca Cola, it would have been harder. Yeah. To do the five year break. <laughs> yeah. But as it was, I was like, you know, I just want to stop drinking caffeine for a bit because it's uh, staining my teeth too much. Is what my dentist told me. Oh, really? So you did it for your teeth. Yeah, yeah. My, my dentist was like, you've got to stop this. But also, I, I accidentally gave it up because we, we, we ran out of, like, coffee and tea in the house. And I, and I just, like... For five years? Uh, for a month. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I just didn't bother replacing it. And then I realised, oh, I've gone a month without yeah. having it. So I thought, in for a penny. So you're drinking so much Coke that your dentist had to... Stop. Not Coke. It was cups of tea. tea. Oh, right. Cups and of tea all the time. And, and she was like, just stop this. What about the red wine? Did you give up the red wine? Because that's supposed to, that yeah, is supposed yeah. to have that yeah, same yeah. effect, right? I don't really drink red wine that much. So okay. luckily, it was that wasn't as much of an issue. So yeah. whenever I did have that, that was okay. But, you know, also like, yeah, obviously curries. We talked about the takeaway yeah. curries. Like, like turmeric, big, big old, big old is... stainers. Oh, man. Turmeric. Don't even get me started on turmeric, man. <laughs> the other day... I, I was really giving myself a hard time being like, you're so unhealthy, James. You need to start eating healthier. And I was like, I'm going to go into this shop and get something healthy. I got a turmeric shot. Yeah. Great. This is the new me. I drank the turmeric shot all the way down. Yeah. Glug, glug, glug. And I completely drained it. And then I went to put the lid yeah. back on the turmeric shot bottle. Fumbled it. Yeah. The empty oh. bottle goes down. Bounces off the pavement and all the excess turmeric sprays up my leg yeah. and completely stains my trousers yellow. Yeah. And I look like a jackass. Oh, so that's what you get well, for trying to that, do something that good. That jumper used to be white. Yeah, I'm wearing a yellow <laughs> jumper for the turmeric. I just say he's wearing a turmeric colored <laughs> yeah. jumper. Um, exactly. That, you that's what happened. You turmeric proofed your jumper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all I can wear now is turmeric colored stuff so that I don't get punked again. That's Never try and do a good thing. Cause that's going to be the worst stain, right? Turmeric is going to be the most does staining not come spice. Off, yeah. Yeah. Turmeric is, yeah. is bad. I think, uh, well, beetroot famously mm. doesn't yeah. really come off and pomegranate. Like we, we used to have pomegranates and I've t told this story before, but my mum would, and I had a younger brother, we, she would t make us go naked to the garden to eat our pomegranates. I mean, just imagine <laughs> that ages like five and three, we'd go out to the garden with pomegranates, eat them, come yeah. back to the house. That's sensible. That's just sensible. That's a good sort of economy it's, of staining. But it's a good am image, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah, to be completely naked. I think I'd, I'd at least want to buy some pomegranate pants. 
Yeah. I'll be like, just at least buy me some pomegranate-coloured co- pants, Mum. Yeah. So that I can have right. them for my pomegranate garden trips. It would make you think twice about wanting a pomegranate as well, though, wouldn't it? You'd be yeah. like, I want a pomegranate, but I want to keep my clothes on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean these days, you know, often you buy pomegranate already, like, seeds taken out mm. in a little tub in the supermarket. That's pretty safe. Yeah. That'd be a good if if anyone's you know wanting to like look for some sort of a new diet fad. It might be good to be like the rule is every time you want to eat something, you have to eat it naked in the garden. (laughs) And people would consider how much do I want this? Yeah, actually, as is true, and you don't always want to join them, do you? Necessarily. I mean, people would be eating on their own a lot. Yeah, in the garden naked alone. Yeah. (laughs) Problems or bread? (laughs) Problems or bread? Yo, tomato dengue? Problems or bread? Uh, I didn't know that was I was going to ask this question. Of course, Brad, who eats papadums? Well, a few people have chosen papadums in yeah, the past. Yeah, really? they're pretty popular, yeah. yeah. Or, or just, you know, or sometimes just whatever. You have to grow up in this country to choose papadum pa- to I guess bread. so. I yeah. guess it's, um, yeah. Maybe when bread was absolutely dreadful and all, you, anything like with a bit of texture that you could get would be papadums then. Yeah. I'm really, um, that's in the second in the second time I slag off the local <laughs> cuisine. I don't know if this is like, <laughs> oh God. No, I, I, I get them, but they are just like something you have once in a while and you go for, yeah. to, to an Indian restaurant. Sure. I mean, bread is just, there's such a range of options. Yeah. Know. Would that be a dream bread you would have for your dream meal? Well, I, I'm going to be very predictable. I do love a really, really good sourdough bread with all the thing. And the people have slagged it off recently and said, oh, sourdough is full of hole. you can't, your holes, you can't put any spreads on it. It's not practical and it's poncy and all the rest. I think it just has so much flavor and like, Really, really good ones. Mm-hmm. I'll give a shout out to the Dusty Knuckle that we, we, we get our sourdough bread from. And I just love how sour it is. And mm-hmm. I just love that sour flavor. I guess it's so widespread now, the the sourdough thing. I think that's, you know, it's just the nature of success that, you know, people yeah. are going to start turning against it. Or some backlash. Yeah, there's yeah, always no, backlash. backlash. I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't want too many tall poppies around. I mean, the sourdough's had its day. Now we can... Take yeah, down, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, take it down, down not take it down, but it's also still enjoy white bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> white slice of market bread. The dusty knuckle man. They've got a van that they drive around. That's right. And enough people on your road have to ask them to come come to your road. Oh, really? And um, they and still they, they wouldn't they, come to our road. Really? Did you, How many people you ask? ask? A lot of people ask, but I think it might just be outside their area. So. But yeah, there was a big chat on the uh, on the road WhatsApp group about it. They're like, we've really been trying to get the Dusty Knuckle to come by. Wow, they, that's wouldn't, a, they wouldn't come by. That's a very specific type of WhatsApp group. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> like, we really need to get the Dusty Knuckle. Yeah, down. also tells a lot about the street. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Most of like street WhatsApp groups and stuff like, uh, guys, we need to sort out this problem with the bin men. Uh, we, we, it's, it's really bad. The, the, is anyone else having problems with the the, the music from the local pub at night? It was too loud. Guys, we haven't got enough sourdough being delivered straight to our doors, from, <laughs> specifically from the Dusty Knuckle. <laughs> to be fair, most of the rest of the time, it's um, shots from people's ring doorbells going like, "Was were these the people who scratched the car? Like, people oh, get great. really angry about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> I, I imagine if the Dusty Knuckle drove down and scratched all the cars. Oh, my God. That, that would be a problem, right? Wouldn't yeah. it? But it's good sourdough. I mean, you, right, want, so. you want sourdough or you want nice cars? I mean, yeah. it's like... You go sourdough, right? Some sourdough loves you could scratch a bloody car with. Yeah, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> there we go. Sourdough haters again. <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. I love the stuff. Do you want a lovely uh, sourdough from Dusty Knuckle? Would you like some butter with that? Do you want some olive oil? Uh, yeah, butter or olive oil. I prefer butter to spread on the bread, but then olive oil to cook with. Mm-hmm. And I also love the combination of butter and olive oil. So if you mm. some things are just nice when you have both. So you start off with olive oil. 
and then we get a little bit more body you add butter and it's like mm-hmm. it's nice together you don't together, have to well, choose like, whip, whip no no together, when, cooking, just, when cooking yeah, when cooking when cooking yeah, yeah. yes but for the bread for the sour for the dusty knuckle sourdough i'll have i'll have butter mm. lovely with some salt in the butter yes salt and butter but not any of that whipped butter business no No. is that it's just so pointless in my eye yeah yeah yeah. i whipped butter i just don't get it like what's the point of like it when it's at room temperature it's the perfect texture and when Mm. you whip it up it's not the perfect texture for butter. it's good for whipped cream but it's not good for butter it's maybe I've fallen light. for this. Maybe I've maybe I've been duped here because I, I I get excited when I see whipped, whipped butter. butter. No. I guess I couldn't tell you why, so maybe I'm just a I've been, I've been tricked. I think if you'd given us a, a, a slice of sourdough, your favorite bread, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with with whipped as opposed to just normal, really good salt butter, I I think like in a blind tasting, you'd prefer the proper normal butter. Yeah. I like just normal, just thick. Yeah, spread it on thick. Where Ed likes getting each bite. He he breaks the bread up into bits and he butters each individual bit and then eats I, it. I, that yeah, what I you, get that. you want to make sure you have butter. enough butter there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So From just, every side. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Everything needs to be covered in butter. Yeah. I just never understand it when, and most people do this, I think, at a restaurant, you get a big bit of bread and then they literally butter the whole thing and then eat it like a whole bit. No, I want to break it up with my hands and put a little bit of butter yeah, on. you want to feel it. You yeah. want to feel it. I get that. Yeah, it's Thank fine. You, Everything is okay. Hey, I'm not trying to get him in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you bring it up? <laughs> Your dream starter. So, yeah, I was actually thinking about that before I came here and... Um, I uh, I will I went for my um, my grandmother. My grandmother uh, on my father's side, uh, she was Italian. She was actually they came to to Israel just uh, before the Second World War, but they just felt like they've never left Italy. You know, like she they kept on eating and living that kind of life, even though it was really not the right environment for it. And she used to make semolina gnocchi, uh-huh. uh, which is essentially is like. Cook- cook down semolina and then you kind of uh, like cookies you cut circles with when you uh, spread it out and then you put those slightly overlapping on a tray and you put butter on it and some cheese parmesan and maybe another cheese slightly maybe bluish cheese like a gorgonzola but essentially it's parmesan semolina under the grill so it's like pure melted cheese sensation oh. mm-hmm. and she used to <laughs> she used to I can, you like the idea, right? I'm going somewhere. I'm visualizing all of this as it's going along. Yeah. So, and I think maybe a grating of nutmeg, mm. nutmeg as well. Oh, and wow. that's it, like cheese, yeah. nutmeg, semolina. It's just so uh, comforting. It's like pure yeah. comforting. There's no challenge in that dish. It's like the opposite of sourdough. <laughs> yeah. car. It's like so soft. Soft and warming. And, and, yeah. And yeah, you don't need amazing. anything else. Um, so for a very long time, I tried to, to make it like she does. And I really don't think I've managed. In, in one of my books, there is um, there is a recipe for it, which I think is pretty good, but it's it's just not, not as good as the way she used to do it. Yeah, well. what is that when, you know, because you would have thought you'd be able to capture all of the... the it sounds like relatively simple. Like, yeah, the, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's and a, cheese te- and a bit of nutmeg. it's super simple. So yeah. you, should, you should be able to recreate it perfectly, but it's just whether it's the environment or the way you remember it tasting or yeah, just... I, I think your mind plays tricks mm-hmm. on you, right? Mm. Like... So, it's like having something on holiday and then coming home and say, I'm going to make that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going yeah. To, that it's just going to be so good. And that is just, it's just never really good, is it? Or even buying yeah. a bottle of booze from holiday. Like yeah. You have a wine, you know. Uh, <gasps> or, you, uh, or, or all these Araks and Rockies and stuff. Yeah. That you have them like in, 
in Turkey and then you come back and it's just like awful. You, it's like you have to have it with all the oily food and everything. And like yeah. the whole environment needs to be yeah. specific. And then you have it here and you go, I'll have a little shot. And it's just like, oh, it just burns your throat. Because also you're just not relaxed like you are on holiday. You're not mm -hmm. sitting in the sun and then That's you right. taste it at home in winter in the UK. And like, God, it's so sad. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think if anyone, I often find if someone tells me, this dish is amazing. You've got to have this. It's so good. Yeah. I, I try not to say that to people about th things that I like. I, I might order the dish that I think is the best on the menu, but I'll try my best not to tell them this is the best. Then so you I think keep that, like a poker face. They don't know yeah. what you're feeling, whether yeah, you're yeah. hating it or loving it. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I just don't want them... I, I want them to really enjoy the dish as much as I do, but I don't want... I feel like if I amp it up and go, this is so amazing, you've got to have this. It's so good then they might be like, that's all right, it's pretty good. But like, <laughs> you got me ready for the best thing in my life. But you know you do that on this podcast every single week to millions of people. Yes, and I worry, that gives me anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I, I worry that everyone's going to these places going, ah. So even, even today you've mentioned about three dishes at Rovi. Yeah, so I'm yeah. worried people are going to go to Rovi now yeah. and go, That gives me anxiety. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, you're yeah. worried about I it. I mean, that you can build up expectations, and I yeah. often think it's like like with everything, like with books and films and all that, you build up the expectations. Mm. You want to build enough expectations to get people to go and watch it or try it, but not too much so they are bound to be disappointed. I mean, it's yeah. just... It's just food at the end of the day. I mean, it's not, it's not like, and I, that's coming from me, but there, you can build up your expectations so yeah, much course, that you're yeah. going to kind of go like, oh, really? There's, there's a dish that I want Ed to try somewhere in the country. You, but you're not even going to give me any details about no, where? No. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> go find it. Somewhere in the country, it. right? And I'll sort it out one day that Ed will try it. Okay. And I know in my mind, he will love it. It'll become his new favorite thing. But, um, you don't want to I have build to it up. not ramp it up. Yeah, yeah, because that that Same would be nothing. huge if you told me this is your new favorite, it's your new thing. favorite thing. Yeah. And what if you just said that you? What if you do the reverse psychology and just tell him it's just awful? Then I'd worry that I'd go to. I'd be too good at that, and that yeah. I'd, I'd get it in his head that it's disgusting. Yeah. And then you'll no, Ed, it was delicious, please. But also, I'm quite contrary, so I'd probably eat that and go, "You're wrong." Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair. So it might work. Yeah, it could work. Do you want to narrow it down geographically for me? North. <laughs> Okay, cool. North I'm of, going to the north. North soon. of where? Yeah, good point. North of the river. Yes. Thames. North, which, of, which north of the river Thames. <laughs> yes, north of the river Thames. Yeah. North of a few rivers. Is it Manchester? <laughs> yes. Is it the French? Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's obsessed with this place. You've probably even told me about the dish before. Yeah, it was my phone background for a while. <laughs> <laughs> he would have seen it. So what is it? What's What was the dish? Come on, you can tell us. Yeah. Amongst friends. Okay. Benito, you got to edit this out? No. <laughs> this is a big moment. Yeah, but you can't edit out the you recommending a dish on a food podcast. Well, it's because it will... The Do you listeners, think it's going to blow up the spot? The listeners... It won't blow up the spot, but the listeners will be like, this makes no sense with the man we, we know. Oh, it's cheese-based. Yes. It's the cheese course at the French. It's one of my favourite dishes in the entire world. Oh, my goodness. It's the, the cheese course. So it's just cheese, uh, cheese selection? So it's, it's, uh, it's between... It's going from the savouries to the desserts is where it sits in the menu. And it's a drunken prune, uh -huh. slice of St. James's cheese on top of that, a walnut cracker, and a scoop of honeycomb. It's this bite. Wow. And it's incredible. I don't think that's surprised. I don't think listeners will be annoyed about that. That yeah, sounds yeah. like the way you should be consuming cheese. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. a yeah, scoop yeah. of honeycomb. A scoop of honeycomb on top of it. Because you're famous for not liking cheese. Yeah, he gets angry if people pick cheese. Because uh, he's a cheese board. I'll quickly adjust my, <laughs> my selection. I like cheese, but not for, for a dessert. When people say a cheese board for dessert, I flip my lid. 
No, I get, I get that because you'd be so cheated if you get a cheese board yeah. for dessert because dessert is dessert, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, I enjoy it. I, now and again, I'll get the cheese board. But then, but you, ha- but then the you have to have dessert. Well, yeah, quite often I will also have yeah. dessert. But it's... if I'm eating dinner with James and I feel like annoying him, I'll get a cheese board yeah. instead of dessert. But I went back to the French and they did that course. But basically, they switched the prune for something else. I think it was like a jam kind of thing, a jelly and they switched the cheese for a different type of cheese, but it was still, still good. amazing. So that's why I want to get Ed there to have that that bite because I'm pretty sure it'll be up his street. But now I picked it up. He knows about it, and now I I I, I dread. I'll love it still. Yeah, I think Pete will love it. Yeah, he, I think from the way you describe it, I think it's good yeah. enough to stand even that yeah. t- terrible test of you yeah. picking it up, <laughs> him dreaming it up about it all night, waking in the morning, making the train he doesn't want to take to, Ma- to Manchester, going there, eating it, and loving it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went out for dinner the other night at Rules. James wasn't there, um, but I had cheese cheese for dessert. Oh, I had dear. Stilton. They bring the big Stilton. Oh yeah! Scoop it out, and there's a picture of me while they're scooping the Stilton out, and I look like a little child getting his favourite toy. <laughs> so excited! But you do, yeah. Well, that's a, like a lovely starter, mm. a ratatouille starter. Back to the childhood. Yes. Yeah. No, that it's very child. It's back to childhood. I actually, I went for I went for childhood things because I thought, in some ways, like because I'm constantly surrounded by food, you know, with the restaurants and the book, I feel like I've got I've touched I've touched on so many things that I don't want to. T- choose from any of those i want to go back to like the 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 initial old experience of food like before it's i've been like before it was a profession hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Today's episode of Off Menu is sponsored by Aura. James, are you ready to win Mother's Day? I am, Ed. I want to cement my reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I want to give my mom an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. May I say, James, I absolutely love the class and elegance with which you use the word mom, because this is for US listeners. All of your moms deserve a good or a digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. Yeah, I think your mum's going to love looking back on your childhood memories, seeing what you're up to today, seeing what you were up to back in the day, and even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mum's frame with new photos so it's the gift that keeps on giving, James. 
Ed, answer me this. Who is the best gift giver in your life? Hmm, um, I'd probably say uh, my wife is a very good gift giver. Not that <gasps> my mom is not a fantastic gift giver, but yes. my wife's very good at little surprise things. She says, I've only got you a few things, and then there'll be little little surprises, things that we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I'll say to my wife, I like that, and then I forget about it, and then on the day, there's some lovely little gifts there for me that remind us of the year that we've just spent together. Oh, if you like being reminded of stuff, may I suggest photographs? That's a very good point, James. I think we should get ourselves an Aura digital picture frame and put some of our wedding photos on them. Right now, Ed, Aura has a great deal for Mom's Day, Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code OFFMENU at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Is your main course also from a similar... Yeah, yeah, yeah. My main course is also from a similar... Do you want me to reveal it? I would love it. I, I Also, one of my favourite main courses I've ever had, another shout out to, to you. I was on Sunday brunch. Oh, yeah. And one of your chefs was there via Zoom. So it wasn't like... Uh, I can't remember her name. It was quite a few Easter? years ago. Easter? It might have been. She did a, It was a lasagna, but with prawns in it. I think it might have been Easter. Yeah. Incredible. Definitely the best... Think I've ever eaten on Sunday brunch? Yeah. I'll tell you that much. So uh, you were brunch, there. I was there in the studio and we got to try this prawn oh, lasagna. Cool. And um I completely normally just have a bite and then you move on to the next thing. I completely finished it and then polished off anyone else's who hadn't finished their prawn lasagna because I was like, that was one of the best things I've ever had. It's the, it's a really good sign when keep, people keep on eating yeah, and coming yeah, yeah. back. Do you know the exact dish I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I do know it. So I good. do know it. Where, where can I get that? Um, there, I, you know you could make it if you, I nope. think. No. <laughs> <laughs> I should have, you should have told me I would have brought yeah, your prawn, brought a prawn lasagna in your, just in your backpack. <laughs> in my back, yeah. Through Borough Market <laughs> with my prawn lasagna. <laughs> which, okay, well, which book is it in? I'd, I'll make I don't it. think it's in a book i think it's in in one of my garden columns i right. will ha- i'll have to i'll have to have a look at i'm sure we can now. i'm sure we can dig out a recipe. we can dig it out yeah. so good yeah we can oh, dig my, it out. my my word i'll make i'll make it for you thank you ed i want to do some cooking yeah yeah you, you can cook the the prawn lasagna yeah and okay, well, we'll get simon rimmer and um, tim lovejoy to stand there as well no nope. so that i feel like i'm back in sunday <laughs> bunch no nope. i'd like a nice relaxing meal please <laughs> 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 the dream main course. So the main course. So I went for something again. It's not a restaurant food. It's it's a shawarma in pita, which I love. You know. So I I need to explain it a little bit. So you know, there's so many versions of the you know the doner kebab and the shawarmas and stuff, and they're all for me they're all good. But they they rely. Well, it has to be the real thing that is really important is the side dish, mm-hmm. my side dish, and that's the chips. So um, when I was growing up in Jerusalem, we used to go to a, there was a, a, a bunch of places, and what they all had in common is these big shawarma uh, rotate rotisserie uh, things, mm-hmm. and you'd have a lamb one and a chicken or turkey one. So that would depend. And they were full of fat, like kind of literally as you cut through, there's all this extra fat added there. And they'd put it in a fluffy pita for you. And you'd get like those kind of really thinly shaved. You know, you can get mm-hmm. like they saw it off like really, really thinly and expertly. And then you get a layer of that. Um, you get salad. You can get some fried aubergines on top as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, tahini and um, and some and pickles is, is a kind of, you can go for pickle or not. But I always love some pickles like cucumbers or... 
you know those turnip that are pickled in beetroot mm-hmm. liquid, yeah. so there's these purple ones, and then lots of fries, like chips inside, yeah. and extra tahini. Oh my god, that is just the best thing in the world. And it, right. it, at the bottom of the pita, if it stays, if it doesn't go all over, you know, seeps through to your shoes, uh, which is a kind of uh, professional ha- hazard. It yeah, yeah, happens. sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you've got all these juices there, and they're just so good. You know, the fat, the tahini, the salad juices, etc. And then it hits the bread. It's so good. I mean, it's difficult to argue with that being the best. That is just so up my street. That's yeah, so good. You, because we all want to eat this these yeah. kind of things, right? Mm. Like, this is just... and And to be honest... I'm not so picky. So, for instance, in Turkey, the doner would not have tahini, but would have would have some kind of yogurt-based sauce mm-hmm. or yogurt mm-hmm. garlic-based sauce. That's also fine. You know, there's a, I'm not a purist when it comes to these things, and I do prefer the chicken one with mm-hmm. all the f- extra fat to the lamb slash beef one because it's kind of it's not that dominant, and all the other things can come through. But I'm very happy with the lamb one as well. So yeah, you can just I'll go you, chicken, can, usually. you can yeah you can pick. But the spicing is important. So the the shawarma spice mix for me has to have some a, a kind of a combination, a balance of the kind of more savory spices, obviously cumin, uh, some heat, and then a bit of sweet like that what comes from allspice mm-hmm. or cinnamon or maybe no, cardamom I wouldn't necessarily put there, but some of those more spi- sweet spices mm-hmm. and often it would have fenugreek as well. So you get that kind of wonderful balanced uh, spices there as well. I'm glad you considered cardamom and then got rid of it. Because <laughs> you don't like cardamom. Oh, I hate that stuff. No, yeah. I, I love cardamom, no, but not no, no, for no. that. Oh, I... So you wouldn't have it in any? No, I'd probably have it if it was like part of a like a spice mix, or it was it wasn't the dominant flavor. But as a dominant flavor, so you would never get those like uh, buns. This, this, no. this I was in Copenhagen this weekend. Okay, and I always try because I know they're so popular. So I've flown into Copenhagen in the morning. My wife was already there because we were going to a wedding that day, and I flew in early in the morning. Arrived in Copenhagen. I had a nap in the hotel. Then I woke up after twenty minutes into my nap, and she was eating a cardamom bun, and I went. Just bring it here. Had a big bite out of it. Went, no, still hate it. And went back to sleep again. <laughs> I'm a great guy. Too. He told me a story earlier about being asleep in his, uh, <laughs> being on tour, his tour manager driving him. <laughs> him. Him being asleep in the car. Him waking up and the tour manager going, this is my hometown we're driving through now. And I went, absolute shithole. And then, and then, and then went to sleep. <laughs> Maybe they like fun. Do they, like, do, they, do they eat cardamom in those? In yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's a very sort of Scandinavian town in North Wales. Um, yeah, cardamom. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You've it's got, just the flavor. It's just, and I like most things. And those buns are everywhere. You have the gene. Yeah. So Arabic coffee almost all, often has cardamom infused or mm-hmm. ground with the coffee grounds. Mm. So you have that sweetness, coffee flavor. And I just think that is just absolutely delicious. But if someone tells you they hate that flavor, yeah. then what can you do about it? Nothing. I know this. I, I'm reading a book at the minute about coffee. What? About uh, the Monk of Mocha, it's called. And uh, it's... Uh, it's it, <laughs> Have you heard of this book, Yoto? No, but I'm, in, I'm it's, curious. It's a Dave Eggers book. It's based on a real man's, oh, yeah. uh, a real man's life. Oh, cool. And he's trying to get, get a coffee business off the ground. And where does the cardamom come in? So you read about this yeah. track practice. Yeah, so there's of... loads of the book is just about coffee. So, okay. yeah, there's, I think there's, so far, I think I've got 2% storyline and 98% the history of coffee and how coffee Which is Which is great, isn't it? It's yeah, really yeah, I mean, how much I've actually retained. Please don't test me on any of it. I shall not, but, but did, you did retain the cardamom. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. But now I'm thinking to myself, w- what country does the book even take place in? Because I know he starts off in San Francisco and then he goes somewhere else. And I'm thinking, 
Yeah, do share. He goes. <laughs> <laughs> I think for the for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he goes to Uzbekistan. No, Can we start suggesting countries? Yes. Yeah. Uh, is it a sort of coffee place? Yeah, big coffee place. Colum- Colombia, Guatemala, Ethiopia. The problem with it is that they're big coffee. Like coffee Kenya. was almost invented there, but then they've fallen behind. And he wants to bring them back into the coffee game because oh, I see. Okay. people are, have it's... forgotten that some of the best coffee originally came from that country. It's an island. Is it like Caribbean island? It's sort of no. off the coast of Africa. No, no. <laughs> This, James, this is not good stuff, man. Huh? This is not good stuff. <laughs> this is great. No, 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 it, 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 on. It, and we're playing the guessing game about the book I'm reading. <laughs> this is good. We will, uh, uh, we will, it will actually uh, push the readers to go and read it because they will want to know yeah. the answers. So, yeah, exactly. you know, listeners would go like, well, I'll Google it on my phone. No, 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 no. no. We, we, we huh? won't. We'll just leave it. No, this is really important. Yeah, Google it on your phone. Because otherwise... I've got all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly very important to Yotam that you, you find no, this No, I want to know what that country yeah, is because yeah. I want to add it to my repertoire of anecdotes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you heard of the Yemen? Oh, yeah, the Yemen. I have heard of the Yemen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That actually, that is a really good point because Yemen d- does have a history of coffee. I know that little bit. Maybe they used to add cardamom because Yemen is, is, in the, is in the Middle East. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. We'll have to find that out. Yes, I think that there's a, a something big is about to happen in the book. Uh, it feels like yeah. uh, you're obviously very engaged. It's yeah. about to. Some, it's easy going to spill a coffee. Problem is going to. It might spill a coffee. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he will spill a coffee in the book. Quite I actually, th- this book sounds good. I'm gonna. You're gonna. It sounds. Well, I'm gonna. I'll tell you what I'll do. Yeah, Tam. I'll um. I'll buy the book and then I'll pop it on my pile of books and then I'll never read it. Yes. There's so many books to read, isn't yeah. there? It's such a problem. Too many. It's just a lot. I've got a lot of books that I want to read, and the people ask, "What are you reading?" And essentially, from there's so many books that you just end up end reading up none of them. None yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. Apart from the cookbooks, am I right? Apart from the cookbooks. I genuinely read cookbooks like novels, though. Do you? I will when I get a new cookbook. I will just sort of sit and but read. But you it don't read like like half a teaspoon of salt. No, no, no. But I mean, like I, you know, when I say read, spoilers. I look at the, the picture. <laughs> Come on, Matt. I read this yet. I haven't got to that bit yet. <laughs> half a teaspoon half a of teaspoon? salt was in there. How do you even measure half a teaspoon? <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. People want to know how much of everything. I all, I have recipes with an eighth of a teaspoon. I just let you know here. Just I'm, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm getting it out there. Yeah. Yes, even an eighth of a teaspoon is a thing. A quarter is a lot. It yeah. makes all the difference. No, there is, there, is a, I have, there is a reason why we write those things down. Because often I, we do have conversations like in the test kitchen... There's a lot of long-winded conversation. Often we can't decide between a quarter and... Because a pinch means nothing. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether you want a little bit less than a quarter, but you mm-hmm. did, still needs a little bit of extra salt. So the eighth comes to the into the conversation. And I always say to people, say like, why do you give me so much detail? And I get like, you don't need to follow the recipe exactly, but I want people to get as close as possible to yeah. what happened in the room. Mm-hmm. If they follow it like a, a set of instructions, like they were robots. I know most people don't cook like that, but at least there's something... It's like it's like the newspaper of record. Like everything is there, it's yeah. there, and you can follow it or not. And some people love that idea, and they go like, "These are no, no foolproof recipes because I followed it and I created an amazing meal." So it works for some. 
but then yeah, you do that the first. That's what I would do the first time, yeah. and then if I did it again, I'd yeah, like, you absolutely. sort of you've got the basis of it, and you sort of like add things or take things away. And it's and... also true about like sometimes I think like as a culture we love to kind of almost try new things all the time, almost too much. And people come and say, often say to me, like, you know, I, I find it quite stressful because I haven't yet mastered Burmese cuisine, you know, like something like, but I'm really making my way through Thai and, you know, and I find it could be quite, people get themselves into a, a rut over like having like this incredible repertoire. But um, Nigella always says, talks about the repetition, right? Like the repetition is so important mm -hmm. because it's comforting. Yeah. When you cook something over and over again, yeah. it's comforting. And We don't want to take the comfort away from cooking, do we? We don't want to bring all that stress in because, especially in the last few years, I found so much comfort in cooking because there's so little comfort out there, yeah, right? Like with all the horrible things yeah. that are happening. Especially the repetition of cooking the same thing over and over again in the last few years. Well, you're the king of it. Chorizo broccoli pasta. Shout well, out. Chorizo broccoli pasta. Chorizo broccoli pasta. That's my that the, is the dish that I've made the most in my lifetime and made it all exclusively during lockdown over and over again. Did you find comfort in it? Beyond what you can possibly imagine. The highest levels of comfort. It's my happy place all the time, every yeah. time I think of it. And still, you still make it now, right? Well, made it a couple of times since the lockdowns. Of, uh, everything's opened up and uh, it feels weird. Oh, now. really? It feels what, weird to me. What kind of chorizo do you use? Do you use a soft chorizo or... or No, not soft. The cooked chorizo, the slices, yeah, the salami yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, not the that. salami... Like, no, no, no. You use this whole... Yeah, it's, it's in the sausage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah, chop yeah, it no, up. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I chop it up still. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it's hard. It's not like... No one was suggesting you drop the whole sausage into some pasta. <laughs> you chop it up. Tell us how you make it. I mean, maybe you've spoken yes, okay. about it on the show no, already. good. Chop up the chorizo. Chop up the broccoli stems, but yeah. not the heads. The heads don't go in. Okay. So that's what we, originally, we did it because we were like having broccoli in the house and we'd have the stems left over. The stems are so good. Yeah. So, so we sweet. were like, we need to use these stems for something. We learned this recipe, use mm. the stems, and now we're buying broccoli to make that. So yeah. now, we, it used to be, we don't know what to do with the stems. Now we're like, we don't know what to do with the heads. <sighs> oh my goodness, that is a <laughs> brain fuck. <laughs> Chop, chop the stems up, <laughs> chop up some garlic, some chilli. Garlic um, chilli. Yeah. Put, put, put the chorizo in for a bit on, on its own. After a few minutes, add the stems, add the chilli, add the garlic, put some pasta on, the ones that look like little ears. Orichetti. Yes. And then <laughs> um, add some capers as well. Ah, nice. Nice touch. Then get a cup of the pasta water, put that in with everything, dump the pasta in with it all. Mix it all together. Add some black pepper while you're mixing. Then bung a load of uh, parmesan as well. How Mi many tablespoons? Huh? <laughs> an eighth. Carol. Always an eighth. <laughs> and then a uh, load, load, load of parmesan. Then you're ready to go. Yeah. but It sounds delicious. It's a Tom Carriage recipe. I'll just say that. Just before. We added the capers. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah. You, you can't yeah. trademark a recipe, so you're good. You're good. Yeah. You didn't even have to do we got add the now. capers. Yeah. yeah, we corn ribbed him. Yeah, he absolutely <laughs> corn-ribbed that guy. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely <laughs> corn-ribbed Kevin. I have a question about the shawarma. Um, oh, yeah, Do on. you want the Avengers with you while you eat it? The Avengers? Yes, the superheroes, the Avengers. They All like, of them? They like shawarma. Um, oh, I think it was uh, Iron Man. It was the Man? original one, right? The original film. Iron Man, Captain To be America. honest, no, I, I don't want people with me. Or Black Widow and are Hawkeye. They are they people, though? Well, this is it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
You don't want anyone. You want to be alone. To be for this particular, I don't. I'm actually not. Don't like being alone. I'm terrified yeah. of being alone. Normally, I love <laughs> people around me, but for this particular dish, I I love to be alone because it's quite embarrassing. You know, it's very animalistic the way you kind of you tuck into it and you like your whole well, face is in there. Then may, and, may I suggest uh, that you pop into the garden and get your clothes off? <laughs> pop them off. <laughs> It's a very good Pop idea. Pop your pants off, yeah. Tap you going to the bottom of the garden. <laughs> the problem is you get it in the in the in the, in the shawarma shop, yeah. And to get to the garden is quite a schlep. So you yeah. need to kind of yeah. get in the car, drive, get your clothes off. It's cold by well, then. They might... All the fats have coagulated. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like the whole yeah, yeah. fun is gone. Yeah. 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 Just check it. <laughs> That's why you know maybe you should open a shawarma shop with a little garden, a little private garden in the back. I think with yeah. a lot of yeah. with a bunch of naked people just eating the shawarma. Let's just imagine that for a second. <laughs> that sounds so delicious. Yes, the fluffy pitta as well. I think I've had some pretty bad pitters in my time. Yeah, the worst pitta you can get is the one you can get like a normal pitta in a supermarket. I yeah. think it's a disgrace. It's so yeah. dry. I mean, I never get that. So obviously, it's nice to make your own, but mm. you could get. In some Jewish bakeries in North London, you can get nice fluffy pitas, yeah. and I mean, it's just it's just something completely different. Yeah, I am Donna in uh, Harrogate. It's the best pita. Oh, really? That I've had. Yeah, for a, a, a kebab, like just really fluffy. On its, I could eat it on its own that pita, and it'd be yeah. Just, like, I so mean, delicious. that is the test, isn't it? Yeah. You need to be like you need to enjoy it on its own mm. before you start loading it with stuff. I mean, that's like the true test. Yeah. But that for me, this is like for me, this is like really kind of like basic. It's like the beyond restaurant experience, going out and eating street food like that, like stuff that's just like uninhibitedly delicious and nobody cares and like. And tahini as well. Yeah, tahini on everything, please. Right. Tahini, or you could do, do like a tahini, uh, or, let, or a garlic sauce, or yogurt garlic. Oh, mm. So good. I, I I mentioned I am Donna recently. Nish was there, our friend Nish Kuma, and uh, I said to her, whoever it was, I was recommending it to. I said, Nish loves them. Your favorite kebabs, right? And Nish very moodily said, No, no, they're not. And then corrected me on what his yeah. favorite kebabs are. Can you guess which ones he's favorite? Uh, no, not Palmyra. That would have been kebab my second kid. guess. Kebab kid, yes. Kebab kid, yeah. No, no, kebab kid's the best. <laughs> <And then laughs> kebab, kid? kebab kid's on New King's Road okay. in Parsons Green. Yeah, it's been there for like 30, 40 years, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are the best kebabs? They're very good kebabs, yeah. Ed and Nish used to live opposite Kebab Kid. Okay. Um, those were some dangerous days. Yeah. <laughs> Nish used to, I mean, Nish used to get one a day sometimes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's no longer with us. <laughs> <laughs> but we like to live stories about him just yeah. remember our friend. <laughs> yeah, no, that is, yeah, and he didn't go naked in the garden to eat his kebab. No, so we were in a flat, that. unfortunately, so it was just, they uh, just used to hang it all out the window. Yeah, instant arrest. Yeah. <laughs> is there anywhere, like in, in London, I mean, I'm saying it for the listener, but yeah. for myself, that you can get a re- like a really good shawarma, shawarma? like Shawarma? I can't say that I know. Mm. Uh, I haven't, uh, but I haven't done a proper search yeah, of yeah. that. It's just, for me, it's just some, uh, something that I have left back from, from my time in Israel. And when I do go there, I off, I go. And there's also these days in Tel Aviv, which has got great food, uh, there is this kind of posh kebab places. And, but they, they didn't change everything, anything fundamentally. It's just the components are a little bit better, like yeah. better sourced, etc. But the whole essence of it is like super fresh off the skewer with all the condiments as they should be. But they also, they, they are a bit more like professorial about it. You know, they got like kind of they measure exactly how much they put in each layer. Right, okay. So every bite has got like equal quantities of everything and you see how they do it. Mm. And they do they do have that like there is an um there is a bunch of dishes that like go in a pita like that, uh which like, you know, there is another one 
which I absolutely love. That involves like in aubergine, hard boiled egg, and a kind of fenugreeky mangoey sauce with the with the, then the salad and also the French fries sometimes or not. And that's called sabir, and it's the same thing. So again, they put a layer of of the aubergines, a layer of the salad, a layer of the French fries, and an mm. egg. And it's just oh, oh my gosh. And so your dream side dish is the chips. My dream side dish is the chips because I because but actually it goes in. But I'm, I mentioned it as a side dish because you don't want anything else on the side, right? Uh-huh. Like so, it's like you could have it on the side, and if if you in, if you insist that I have a side dish that is actually on the side, no. that I'll just stuff it. I don't. I didn't know how formal you guys oh, are. Like, no, no, it's you? your dream meal. It's your dream meal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, you can have that. So it's all in the shawarma. If the, there could be a few extra chips on the yeah, side, yeah, that is, yeah. Let's just do that. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's Lovely. do that. your dream drink then so this is where i kind of i was so i was thinking like um when i was growing up we had this uh malt drink like fizzy malt drink mm-hmm. so the, in in israel people don't drink a lot of alcohol so the beer would it was called black beer which is like non-alcoholic beer and it was a uh, like here we have like um what's it called the smelt maltese Super malt. Oh, super malt. Super malt, yeah. So it's a bit like super malt. <clears throat> it's slightly different, like in the flavor. It's a bit more caramelly. It's darker, but it's like those kind of flavors. And we used to have that with our... And I thought I'd ask for that because yeah. it will take me back and I'll get the whole experience. But then I also really love Campari, but not with that. I uh-huh. just love Campari. Yeah. So I thought, like, if you want to hear what I have next to that, that will be that. And if yeah. you want what... I but, love Campari. But you could have, you know, we could have Campari as a little sort of pre-dinner I think that was, that's thing. what we should yeah, have. Yeah, we could add that. Yeah. We should have Campari on ice with a bit of orange and that's just as it is. With Not, not with sparkling water or anything no, like that. No. Not in this case, no. Would you normally have it at the start of a meal? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I don't drink it all it, all the time, but when we, we often go on holiday uh, to Greece. Um, so we I, this is a kind of a tradition that goes back about 10 years when we go to Greece with a bunch of friends. When we're at the house, my sister comes with her kids and other people come along and we have this kind of wonderful week of just like cooking and swimming and we don't do anything but but kind of that. And we always start the evening before we start cooking with Campari on ice with orange. And it's for me, that is just like holiday. It's just Amazing. such a good thing. The great Benito just went on holiday to Greece. Did you? He hated it. <laughs> he had the worst. He had a wake in hell. He said it was a wake in hell. It's a bustling oh, yeah. boy. He needs um, roller coasters. He loves roller coasters. Yeah, well, you don't go to Greece for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, do. I, I like a good roller coaster myself. Rollercoaster, fair enough, yeah. I, 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 was, I was about to tell you about the best one I've been on, but I can't, I can't tell you because um, the great Benito doesn't like spoilers for when it comes to roller coasters, And this is one he hasn't been on, so I, I literally am not allowed to describe it to people in front of him because he will, he will leave the room. Okay, and we need him. We need him. We here. do need. We do yeah, need yeah. him. And, here, um, yeah. and so, that, so you also are a big roller coaster fan. No, not really. But I just had a very oh, good just roller coaster this one experience one. recently, where I was like, oh yeah, this is why people love roller coasters. I get it. Because you know they they can't don't of... build it up too much for him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Actually, I can't do that. He'll go on. They go. What was James going on about this for? But you know, at the best, Benito, they uh they they make you experience life in a whole new way, right? It's a it makes you feel the way you've never felt before, a good roller coaster. Wow, you're really building this up, though. Yeah, that's how it felt. He's going to be sat on there with the cheese dish from the French, just having an <laughs> awful time. <laughs> this should be the best day of my life. Now, the, the malt drink sounds very intriguing. 
as well. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's just really, it's a dark malt, like fizzy malt. It's uh, sweet, not all, it's sweet and really, really dark and it's really malty. So it's re- it's refreshing and you give it to kids because obviously they don't drink beer. And as I said, people are not like huge alcohol drinkers mm-hmm. back home. They Maybe now there more are, but historically there's, it wasn't like, but that is something you have with your dinner. Yeah. And it's really good with all this stuff because it's just like, in the same way that wine doesn't work with, street food most of the time right like it's just too delicate and sharp yeah. and kind of it just doesn't work so that those were if you're not going to drink proper proper beer how big is the bottle the bottles are pretty big they're yeah. like uh they're like a liter or three quarters of a liter you don't finish it I but the yeah. lime you're doing for it all the time is huge maybe i was smaller maybe yeah i guess it's because yeah, you were a kid yeah, as well yeah, right? was a kid. Yeah. but yeah but you, you don't finish it like you have it at the table and everybody shares it's not uh-huh, like uh-huh. you don't get an individual bottle Fair. yeah It's funny when you're a kid, isn't it? We were talking about this, me and my wife, the other day. Uh How big food is. (laughs) How big food is? Yeah. I get it, like we saw a baby, with a, we saw a baby with a cookie, and the baby was like, literally like looking at this thing, like I don't think I'm ever gonna get through this. <laughs> Bigger than my face, but they do. Yeah, actually, they do get. They through. do, but it takes it like gumming away at a cookie yeah. for ages. Well, it goes on the floor. I yeah. have, uh, I have two young boys. Right, they're not that young anymore, so they're seven years old and nine years old, and they can eat cookies. I mean, they can <laughs> eat so much. C- cookies <laughs> do you think like as a chef with kids are you like trying to push them a certain way with food or are you thinking if i just let them do whatever they want they can get this out their system and when they're older maybe they'll make better decisions well i am not the latter uh-huh. no i'm not so cool like that uh-huh. like, I, like i let them kind of like uh, eat things but i put a limit to how many like sour skittles they can have and i sure. and i and i also make sure that they are exposed to nice food so even if they don't want to eat it and to be honest they haven't been like the best like people would always say oh the Tolengi kids, they probably eat like olives and, you know, and like when, since they're born. And in actual fact, they, they've they gone through quite like finicky stages. But this mm-hmm. summer we went to Paris for the first time and they ate snails. Like they oh. love eating oh, wow. snails. And I thought like that is super cool. Now I can, they're finally kind of, they're finally there. Yeah. But we've gone through like a period where they last like wouldn't eat anything that's green like it's got green bits in it and all the rest mm-hmm. of that it's tough sometimes because yeah, that you, must be gutting you make you... You, there's so much effort that goes into food and the rejection mm. with kids is just so extreme you know there's no niceties you know they don't moderate their behavior for you they don't they'll go like that's okay and put it to the side <laughs> they go like that's disgusting <laughs> <laughs> or, or they yeah. go like that is just not as good as we get at school yeah. that is crushing oh, that, wow. is, that is crushing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that is right. Yeah. That is very bad. The celeriac shawarma at school is so much better. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even have the essence of spinach. What are you talking about? <laughs> Going back to the kid with a cookie as big as his head. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure, am I right in thinking that your wife started that conversation? Yes, yes. of course. Yeah. Just making sure that yeah. I knew. <laughs> yeah. so, so, what, so, what did you say? Like, how can the classic. kids possibly finish this? Yeah, cookie? no, I, it wasn't even that. It was like, isn't, food is so big when you're a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a very. And the thing is, if she started their conversation with anyone else, there would be like five minutes where they're going, What are you talking about? That's such a weird thing to say. But I'm now obviously so in tune with what she yeah. means. I'm like, Yeah, I know. Well, let's have this yeah. chat. I have a memory like that. So when I was a child, when I was uh, around like seven or eight, we went to live in, in California for one year because my dad had a job there and we lived outside San Francisco. 
And I remember one of my first experiences, like the most memorable one was how big the food was. There was one time we went to this restaurant and someone ordered a salad and it was just like a, a pyramid of like ingredients. It was so big. And on top of there were like three like cocktail umbrellas. You know? and, I, and I was looking at it like, how can, and I, I'm sure it wasn't because I was small. I'm sure yeah. it was like oh, massive. America, it's just yeah. America. Yeah. And I was just like, how could that be true and real? I mean, that salad, I'll never forget that. Like if I've, still oh, to that day, I'm yeah. traumatized. It's crazy. Like I've spent a bit of time in America. And if you're like, well, I'll have a healthy day. I'll just order a salad. I ordered like a Cobb salad once mm. and it was on like a dinner plate, like yeah. a, a serving plate for one person. And then just like a line of chicken. There must be about three chicken breasts, a block of blue cheese, egg, like eight eggs. And you're like, this was me trying to be healthy. Yeah. And then you pour the dressing on the top. Well, I ate the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the yeah. whole thing, it is bad. Delicious. But the <laughs> trouble is, is that it's quantity over quality, isn't it? It's like oh, there's yeah. so much, yeah. but actually it doesn't, it normally often doesn't taste very yeah. much either. So you kind of just like try to get to the flavor, but it never comes. This is a blow your mind. Go on. My first meal that I had in Disney World on my, on my recent holiday. Starter, snails. Main course, Cobb salad. What the hell is going on? Wow. This is one conversation and you guys are... You had snails at Disney World? Yeah. Who serves snails at Disney World? Um, Brown's Derby Diner. I went to Brown's Derby. How do you remember that as well? I mean, was it so recent? The main It's recent, but the main thing I was obsessed with was making sure we had good food all all week. Because we were there for a week at Disney World. So (gasps) He doesn't have kids. What a nightmare. I don't have kids. And so... A week? Yeah, it's just me and my girlfriend. One of the best holidays I've ever had. So this is absolutely brilliant. (laughs) So, So... You wake up in the morning and yeah. you go like, I'm going to spend the day in, in Disney World. And then yes. the next day you wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to d- spend my day in Disney World. <laughs> yes. But what you what, what you got to bear in mind is <laughs> yes. there's four different parks. So you're not going to the same park every day. And there's also Disney Springs. And you just get to take your time a little bit. We were basically there for, well, we ended up being there for six days because we we had a whole palaver with our flights. Oh, my God. You missed the seventh day. We missed, we missed the first day. Oh, the first but yes. day. But basically, basically did. But it was great. And I was really obsessed. My girlfriend was was on top of everything. But I was obsessed with food and what we're going to eat. Because I didn't want to eat bad Disney food all week. So because, the first meal know, we had... James is a gourmand, you know. So this, this I, week I'm in Disney World... To, to, I'm starting not to believe that. But <laughs> I mean, what, what is like... Why would the, the gourmand go to Disney World? I guess there's really good restaurants in Disney World. I've never well, been... I wasn't so. going for the food, obviously. But I was like, we're going to have to eat while we're there. I don't want to just eat, like, the worst theme park food ever for a week. It's going to be depressing. Yeah. So I've got to find what the best food at Disney World is so that I can make sure that, like, it's good and I like it. And Brown's Derby was our first meal that we had when we got there. So we've had, like, a day and a half living in an airport because our flight got delayed, cancelled and all sorts. So we get there and I've just been thinking about Brown's Derby for ages. I've been looking on the app in the airport and going, what am I going to order when I get to Brown's Derby, man? Because that's, that's my first meal when I get there. I was like, I'm going to get the snails. I'm going to get I'm going to get that Cobb salad. It's the world-famous Cobb salad. And I'm going to get... World-famous Cobb salad. Uh, it's, it's on the list. <laughs> uh, on, on, on the menu, they're called world-famous Cobb salad. They don't even call them menus. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then I was like, dessert, I'm going to get the 50th anniversary baked Alaska. And that's exactly what I did. And it was delicious. Uh, you're going to get the cheese course. <laughs> not at Brown's Derby. 
Not, about not tempted to open a, a restaurant in Disney World? Yourself? Well, Ooh. now that you say it, if you if you got some such gourmands coming to Disney <laughs> yeah. World, then I would probably just, that would be the next stop. There's yeah. a gap in the market there, because actually what we ended up doing is uh, we had a lot of dinner reservations and we cancelled all of them, because actually a lot of the restaurants we found, by, the, by day two, we were like, Joe, you know what, these restaurants aren't very good, but the snacks that we're getting along the way in Disney are great. Oh, so we cancelled all our dinner reservations and just snacked our way around the park. That's my top tip. So what were the snacks, like some highlight snacks? Oh, let me tell you. Cheeseburger spring rolls. Oh, wow. I dream of them still to this day. Do you? Yeah, the cheeseburger spring rolls. So the cheeseburger in the spring spring roll, you get the burger and the cheese, or you also get the bun? No bun. Burger and cheese. Um, James, this is disgraceful. Maybe some pickles. We've got Yotam Mosalenga on the podcast. You need to balance it. It's yin and yang. You know you've got... If you please. This is so embarrassing, Yotam. I'm so sorry. And a burger sauce dip. So you get two spring rolls, two cheeseburger spring rolls, burger sauce dip, and you eat them while you're going over the bridge, and it is a wonderful start to the day. And then you chuck yourself off the bridge because they make you feel so sad. If the river was full of spring rolls, I would chuck myself off the bridge. If it was full of cheeseburger spring rolls, I'd chuck myself off the bridge immediately. Happily. But yeah, cheeseburger spring rolls are my top recommendation. I love them. And how is the roller coaster? Great, is that the roller coaster? No, uh, no. Oh, yeah, the roller coaster was the food. What it's roller coaster was it? It was Cosmic Rewind. Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. The best oh, okay. roller coaster I've ever been on in my life. No spoilers. We arrive at your dream dessert. Okay, so my dream dessert is a tiramisu. And uh, I hope I'm, I'm not like a lot of people on the show have already went on for this it's I not don't know. come up as no, often as not as much yeah. as I would have thought, thought yeah. because yeah. it's obviously a very popular something dessert. that I've been exposed to from also quite a young age like my mum used to make tiramisu and then I've made it myself and I just I just for me it's just like the ultimate dessert it's got like it's creamy it's spongy it's got like coffee and alcohol and it's mm. just a bit of chocolate on top if you want to I mean it's just so good and I, I don't know I can't say much more about it I just mm. love a tiramisu it's one of those ones where I think my dad told me when I was a kid that this is the best dessert in the world. And because I just believed everything my dad said, I thought yeah. that was official. So I still think <laughs> of it now that... Well, it's the best dessert in the world. Well, the best yeah. dessert in the world is tiramisu. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It is the best dessert in the world. And I think it's like, it's a, it's a, it's kind of, it's got this perfection. It's subtle. It's mm-hmm. not like, I do like, I like lots of desserts. But I th- this one is sophisticated. It's a grown-up grown dessert. Yeah, but it's not a, so grown-up like yeah. that. It's it's great. I mean, I often think about it as like, so Italians have tiramisu and, and Brits have trifle. I actually like trifle too, but trifle can go wrong in so many ways. Uh-huh. And tiramisu doesn't really go wrong. So in trifle, if you get the, the fruit aspect too much, can it really disposes mm-hmm. of that when the moment where the fruit touches the cream and it all becomes a bit like... The liquidy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. bad. So. Yeah. A good trifle needs to prevent that from happening. So it's it's much easier to get a bad trifle. But a tiramisu, that hardly ever happens. It's kind of yeah. all soft and it all it all comes together at the end. Nothing wrong, really bad can happen. So in Superbad, they make tiramisu in, in, in cookery class near the beginning of the film. And they've messed it up and they just say, just create loads of chocolate on it and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And they're doing that. So I think Superbad knows what it's on about. Yeah. But like, it, it agrees with you that you can't really mess up a tiramisu. tiramisu. I think I only started to like tiramisu recently because it does feel like more of a grown-up dessert. And a lot of my dessert love comes from when I was a kid. It feels nostalgic. Like, I really like chocolate, so anything really chocolatey I'm into. But now eating tiramisu, it feels... As a kid, I was not into it because it's like heavy coffee and well, yeah, taste. it's yeah, not yeah. just for the. It's, but you can adjust it for kids. Like mm. you could, it doesn't have to have as much coffee, and you can you can actually now, yeah, and yeah. you like you can kind of do it like a nice syrup, like a sugar mm-hmm. 
maple syrup or something like that, and then you dip them, and it's fine. You don't have to have. Have it. you had? Because um, you must like go to loads of different other, other chefs' restaurants and try all that stuff, and like weird like uh, versions of things, deconstructed. Ver- have you had like weird versions of tiramisu where they've done it completely differently, tried to reinvent it? I'm trying to think. I'm sure I have. I mean, and the thing is that like when you go to Italian restaurants and they sit there in the refriger- refrigerated cupboard, the cupboard that you can actually see through because it's like struck. It's a glass. It's a glass fridge. You always think that uh, that is probably sat there for too long and it's not going to be nice. Mm. All those cakes mm-hmm. and desserts that sit in that, but they always surprise you when you go to a good Italian restaurant because all the all the rest comes from the fr- fr- kitchen. But those things have sat, and yeah. you think like, oh, I want something fresh that's been mm. plated for me. But tiramisu actually really benefits from that. I'm trying to think if I had a deconstructed tiramisu. No, I don't. I, nothing comes to mind. The classic's the best, right? I think because it needs to sit. Mm. I think you you don't eat tiramisu as soon as you made it. You need to really mm. let it settle. So then you can cut. Yeah, the then you can cut it, the refrigerator. Yeah. And but also it comes together like so many other foods. It's kind of like yeah, it needs to. The ingredients need to have a, a little time together to yeah. settle, to play, to get to know each other. Still find it impossible every time people talk about tiramisu or mention it not to think of Milton Jones's joke that his daughter wrote for him. Go on. I'll ask me if I want a tiramisu. Do you want a tiramisu? Don't mind if I tiramisu. <laughs> Lovely. His daughter said it once to him yeah. at the table yeah. and then he just put it in his show. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even tell the audience his daughter said it. He just went, tiramisu? Don't mind if I tiramisu. <laughs> Big laugh every night. Yeah. I'm going to read your menu back to you now. See how you feel about it. You would like um, Campari on ice with some orange before the meal begins. That's right. Then sparkling water. You would like some sourdough from the dusty knuckle with salted butter. Mm. Starter, your grandmother's semolina gnocchi with cheese and nutmeg. Main course, chicken shawarma in pitta with salad, tahini, pickles, side dish, <laughs> chips, which you want in the pitta. Drink, the black beer, the fizzy malt. Dessert, tiramisu. That's, That's right. a very clean menu mm. as well. That's very like uh, oh, delicious. In a, uh, yeah, because things are familiar. Kind of, you know what we know yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's yeah. I love that. Are you going to serve it to me? Yes, right now. Absolutely. Get in the garden. Get in there. Put your clothes over there. <laughs> Yo, Tom, thanks so much for coming oh, to the Dream it was a, Thank It you. was a pleasure. What a Wonderful, wonderful menu. It was always going to be delicious. We knew it, but it was great to hear it. Great to hear the um, recipes, the, the techniques broken down sometimes as well. Real top-notch stuff and not any mild cheddar in sight. No. And a lovely man who dealt with us very well, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he found us charming. Yeah. At no point before we interviewed Yotamos Lengi did I think he'd have to sit through so much roller coaster chat. Yeah, and you know, sat through it, he did. Yeah. Um, but we we appreciate it, Yotam. Yeah. And uh, anytime you want to talk about Disney World again, yeah. you know, I'll happily recommend all the snacks. Yeah. Hopefully one day Yotam Otoleng is going to try cheeseburger spring rolls from the spring roll cart at Disney yeah, I'm World. not sure, man. Me. I was looking all at his face all me. the way through that. He looked absolutely disgusted by it. Mm, I don't know. Um, do go and buy Otolenghi Test Kitchen Extra Good Things by Yotam and by Noor Murad uh, and the rest of the Otolenghi Test Kitchen. I've had a bigger read now. I'm very excited to cook some stuff from it. It is out now, and it's published by Ebury Press. When I die, bury me with Ebury Press. Yes. <laughs> also, go onto my website uh, because I'm coming to Australia soon. See you in Australia. Oh. For gigs. Oh, yeah. I'm not on holiday. I'm not plugging my holiday. No. Keep that hush.
Get on my website. Check it out. I'm going to hit up some Australian cities and some New Zealand cities. Ebury, Ebury, Ebury Press. I read a little book and then I say yeah, yes. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, it's Rob Orton here. Now, I've got a podcast called the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. It's a short poem or story or a musing on a particular subject every single day. What if you commissioned Picasso to paint your house and he just painted it white? Would you be annoyed? Wouldn't it be good if you could pour Miracle Grow onto other things, such as pizzas? Have you ever thought about what a beach might be like if it was made from digestive biscuits? Have you ever tried to cry about something you're not thinking about? If you would like to listen to a daily podcast that includes subjects I've mentioned there, then please listen to the Rob Orton Daily Podcast.